all need it. We all look forward to it. We enjoy it when it happens to us. It's fun for us. It's good for us. And it's a blessing to us. I'm talking about reconnecting with friends and loved ones after being separated from them for a period of time. It doesn't matter whether we reconnect with them by phone, FaceTime, Skype, letter, email, text, or in person. We all enjoy reconnecting with our loved ones and our friends. Reconnecting usually brings with it lots of smiles, hugs, updates, and generally a whole lot of laughter. Paul, Silas, and Timothy understood this. They have been separated from their friends in Thessalonica, and they were reconnecting with their friends in Thessalonica through Paul's letter to them. As much as Paul enjoyed writing his letter, these believers in Thessalonica enjoyed receiving and reading his letter to them. They looked forward to receiving this letter to them from him. And the amazing reality for us today is we have the privilege of reading Paul's letter today. This letter is a blessing to us, just as it was to the believers in the church in Thessalonica years and years ago. So we have your scriptures with you. Open them with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Paul, Silas, and Timothy ministered there in Thessalonica. They spent at least three weeks, if not a little longer, ministering to the believers in Thessalonica before they were run out of Thessalonica by a wicked mob that had been stirred up against them by the unbelieving Jews there in the town of Thessalonica. Paul told us about this in chapter 2, verses 15 and 16, in reference to these unbelieving Jews, Paul wrote, who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and persecuted us. They displeased God and are hostile to everyone by keeping us from speaking to the Gentiles so that they may be saved. As a result, they are constantly filling up their sins to the limit and wrath has overtaken them at last. As we shared last Sunday, the... Holy wrath and judgment of God against sin is as sure and certain as the grace, love, and mercy of God is for sinners. And so we see up until this point in chapter 2 in our study of 1 Thessalonians, Paul focused on their ministry there in Thessalonica. Specifically, Paul focused on their defense of their ministry. As we walked into chapter two, Paul said, for you yourselves know, brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not without result. Paul reminded the believers in Thessalonica that God was at work in them, through them, and around them during Paul, Silas, and Timothy's stay with them, however brief and short that it was, but also after they left them, that God was still at work in them, through them, and around them. 
Paul, Silas, and Timothy treated the believers in Thessalonica as a loving mother cares for her children and as a loving father encourages his children. Paul, Silas, and Timothy constantly thanked God for these believers in Thessalonica. And we've walked through each of these truths in these verses up to where we come this morning. In our passage today, we find that Paul has shifted his focus now to talking about his absence from the believers in Thessalonica. Paul was reconnecting with these believers by his letter to these believers in Thessalonica. And so we see in chapter 2 in verse 17, Paul said, But as for us, brothers and sisters, after we were forced to leave you after a short time in person, but not in heart, we greatly desired and made every effort to return and see you face to face. Paul, once again, note that he shared his heart for them with them. Paul said, but as for us, us includes Paul, Silas, and Timothy. But as for us, Paul said, brothers and sisters. Again, this is the fourth time now that Paul addressed these believers as his brothers and sisters, which was another sign, another indicator of what we've said before of Paul, Silas, and Timothy's love for them and their unity with them as members of God's family by their faith in Jesus. Understand that membership in God's family was very important for these believers in Thessalonica, and it's very important for us today as followers of Jesus Christ. Some of these believers in the church in Thessalonica were rejected by their families when they placed their faith and trust in Jesus. Some of these believers in the church in Thessalonica did not come from loving, supportive families. And so when family came up, when family was brought up by Paul and Silas and Timothy and others, at times it brought back painful, difficult memories for some of these believers. The same can certainly be said of some of us today regarding our families and our background within our families. However, what we see here is membership in God's family was a huge blessing to these believers in Thessalonica as it is to us today. This is why Paul continued to remind them and call them his brothers and sisters. Membership in God's family was a huge blessing for these believers. It's a huge blessing for us today. We are united together uh, with God by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. We have all received the forgiveness of God, the grace of God, the love of God, the mercy of God in Christ Jesus. We have the word of God before us. We have the holy people of God around us, our brothers and sisters in Christ. We have the Holy Spirit of God in us. He helps us to understand this word. He helps us to live out this word uh, by his power at work in us. We have the confidence in knowing that we will spend eternity with God in heaven one day because of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Family in Christ Jesus is a blessing to us. And we experience and receive this blessing as we 
fix our eyes on Jesus and walk in obedience to Jesus day by day, just as these believers were doing here in Thessalonica. And Paul, in this passage, shared several points about their absence from these believers. Points that God will use to minister to us, to bless us, to encourage us, to teach us this morning. Because, as always, God's words from his word are first and foremost to us and for us. But understand and just remember that God's words to us and for us are also for those he's going to place around us later today and throughout this week. And so we need this truth for ourselves and we need this truth so that we can feed the congregations that God has given to us throughout the rest of this week. And so let's look at these points that Paul shared with us about their absence from these believers in Thessalonica. Father God, we ask now that you would you just please open our eyes to the wonderful truth in your word. God, help us to see and hear what you have for us. Father, help us to apply it in our lives. And then God, help us to minister your truth to those you place around us this day and this week. God, we're excited about all that you're saying and doing in and through and around us this morning. We submit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And amen. All right, let's see this first point. The first point that Paul made is they didn't want to leave the Thessalonians. They didn't want to leave the Thessalonians. We see this in verse 17. But as for us, brothers and sisters, after we were forced to leave you for a short time, after we were forced to leave you is in the original language, aparfanizo. Aparfanizo. And it means to be taken away, to be torn away. It means an unwanted separation. Aparfanizo or forced to leave comes from the root word arphanos. Arphanos, the root word for aparfanizo, to be forced to leave. Arphanos is the word we get orphan from in English. An orphan, obviously, we know is a child who is separated from one or usually both parents. They have been separated from their parents. They have been taken away. Paul, Silas, and Timothy were taken away. They have been separated from the believers in Thessalonica. Paul was making this point clear to them. They were absent from them, but the first point Paul made was, we didn't want to leave you guys. Now, we see this departure in Acts chapter 17. If you turn to your left real quick, Acts chapter 17, uh, we'll read this together real quick. You can follow along on the screen, just a refresher of this departure that happened that Luke told us about in Acts chapter 17. I'll begin reading in verse 5, but the Jews became jealous and they brought together some wicked men from the marketplace, formed a mob, and started the riot in the city, attacking Jason's house. They searched for them. Understand, them is Paul, Silas, and Timothy. They were searching for Paul, Silas, and Timothy at Jason's house. Uh, they searched for them to bring them out to the public assembly. When they did not find them, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city officials shouting, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here too. And Jason has welcomed them. They are all acting contrary to Caesar's decree, saying that there is another king, Jesus. 
So they're testifying to the truth of the ministry of Paul, Silas, and Timothy. They are turning the world upside down because they are preaching and teaching King Jesus. So these unbelieving Jews are actually doing the work of ministry that Paul, Silas, and Timothy were doing. So you can tell their ministry was effective there in Thessalonica. The crowd and city officials who heard these things were upset. After taking a security bomb from Jason and the others, they released them. As soon as it was night, the brothers and sisters sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. Upon arrival, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. We see forced to leave or parfenizo is in the passive voice, which means the action was done to Paul, Silas, and Timothy. The action was done to them, meaning they were separated. They were sent away. They were taken away. They were forced to leave Thessalonica due to the persecution and opposition they faced in Thessalonica and due to the reality that there was more ministry for them to do in other towns with other people. As we know, they left and went to Athens and then went to Corinth, preaching and teaching the good news of the gospel. Paul, Silas, and Timothy did not stop preaching and teaching Jesus. However, it's important for us to note, it was difficult for Paul, Silas, Timothy, and the believers in Thessalonica to be separated from one another. Paul emphasized this point for us as he shared here in verse 17, that after they were forced to leave them for a short time in person, but not in heart. He said, in person, but not in heart. Paul wanted them to understand they were out of their sight, but they were not out of their hearts or minds. They were out of their sight, but they were not out of their hearts and minds and their thoughts and their prayers. This time of separation ended, as we know, and as we shared at the beginning of this study, this time of separation ended when Paul sent Timothy back to Thessalonica to minister and get a report about the believers in Thessalonica. And so we see the first point Paul makes is they didn't want to leave the Thessalonians. The second point Paul makes is they wanted to return to the Thessalonians. They wanted to return to the Thessalonians. He said in verse 17, we greatly desired and made every effort to return. We greatly desired. That means they really, really earnestly, greatly desired, craved, and longed to return to Thessalonica to see these believers. Paul said they made every effort to return, which means they made every effort to return and see the believers in Thessalonica. How? Face to face. Face to face. Look at the clarity, the imagery in Paul's writings. They greatly desired and made every effort to get back to Thessalonica. Why? Because they wanted to see these believers and they wanted to see them face to face. They wanted to stand right in front of them. And so the question then is obvious. Why did they want to return to Thessalonica? Why do they want to see these believers again face to face? There's several answers here to this question. We'll develop these answers as Paul develops them as we move through chapter three. But let's just hit them real quick here. Uh, and we'll just touch uh, base with uh, each of these points real briefly uh, as we move forward. Uh, the first reason is they loved the believers. 
Paul, Silas, and Timothy wanted to return to the believers because they loved the believers. They, they loved them. They loved seeing them and spending time with them. They had developed a deep bond of love and unity with them. A second reason is they wanted to return uh, because they didn't want the believers to think they didn't care about them. Paul, Silas, and Timothy didn't want these believers to think in their absence from them that they had forgotten about them, that they weren't thinking about them, that they didn't care about them anymore. They missed them, and they prayed constantly for them. They were absent, but not forgotten. They were absent, but not forgotten. And Paul, Silas, and Timothy wanted these believers to, to understand this. A third reason they wanted to return and see them face to face is they wanted to encourage them. You see, Paul knew these believers were facing persecution and opposition for their faith in Christ Jesus. It was this persecution and opposition that forced Paul, Silas, and Timothy to depart from them in Thessalonica in the first place. And so Paul, Silas, and Timothy wanted to get back to them to encourage them to continue standing firm in their faith in Jesus, to continue to encourage them to live out their faith in Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit of God dwelling within them. A fourth reason that they wanted to return to these believers and see them face to face is they wanted to continue teaching them. Remember, Paul also knew that these believers in Thessalonica were young in their faith in Christ Jesus. He knew they needed instruction and encouragement to continue growing in their faith in Christ Jesus. Paul was passionate about preaching and teaching the truth of God's word. Paul was passionate about making disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Paul wanted to get back to Thessalonica. He wanted to see these believers face to face. Silas and Timothy did as well. They wanted to get back to Thessalonica because they wanted to continue teaching them the truth of God's word. We look forward to reconnecting with friends and loved ones today because we love them because we miss them. And we look forward to reconnecting with friends and loved ones because we don't want them to think that due to our absence from them, we've forgotten about them or we're not thinking about them or we don't care about them anymore. We're not praying for them. We need to understand that this is important because what do you think the enemy does in the times of separation? We know this. You know this. We don't understand Satan's goal is isolation. God's goal is intimacy. And it's in these times of separation. Paul, Silas, and Timothy knew this. It's in times of separation when our enemy turns all of his warfare, all of his lies, accusations, and doubts, and targets them at our minds to convince us that those folks don't care about us. They're not thinking about us. They don't love us. They don't miss us. And so Paul knew and understood how important this was. We know and understand how important this is for us today. We also look forward to reconnecting with our friends and loved ones because we want to help them and we want to encourage them to continue growing in their faith in Jesus as they help and encourage us to continue growing in our faith in Jesus. And so we see Paul here wants these believers to understand and know. Listen, we didn't want to leave you guys, we wanted to return to you guys. The third point Paul makes is 
they were hindered by Satan from seeing them. Paul said in verse 18, so we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan hindered us. Paul reiterated their desire and specifically his own personal desire to come to see the Thessalonian believers in Thessalonica. Paul said we wanted to return time and again. But Paul said something interesting, but Satan hindered us. Hindered is from the original Greek word ekopto, and it means to impede or to cut off to hinder, to impede, to cut off the way. Paul had been hindered earlier during this second missionary journey from going into a specific territory uh, as he ministered with Silas and Timothy earlier on this missionary journey. We see this in Acts chapter 16 in verses 6 and 7. Luke told us about this. In Acts 16 verses 6 and 7, Luke wrote these words, they, that's Paul, Silas, and Timothy, they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatea. They have been forbidden. They have been forbidden. They have been hindered, forbidden. They have been kept from, impeded by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. When they came to Musia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the spirit again of Jesus did not allow them. Did not allow them, it hindered them, kept them from going into these areas. Paul said, Satan hindered us, impeded us. He kept us from coming back and seeing you in Thessalonica. He cut off the way for us. Specifically, he cut off the way for Paul to get back to Thessalonica to see these believers. A quick reminder, Satan is our adversary. He is our enemy. He is the uh, father of lies. He is the evil one. He is the tempter. He is the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He is the God of this age. Satan is also defeated. Amen? Satan is defeated. Say that with me. Satan is defeated. He absolutely is defeated. We know this. Jesus Christ defeated sin, Satan, and death by his perfect life, death, and resurrection. And so we know and understand we are victors by faith in Christ Jesus. We are overcomers by faith in Christ Jesus. We are more than conquerors by our faith and trust in Christ Jesus. And so Paul understood this. Paul realized this, yet Paul said, but Satan hindered us. So how did Satan hinder Paul specifically from returning to Thessalonica here as Paul is sharing? Well, Paul doesn't specifically answer this question for us. Most likely the answer is that Satan used people such as the wicked mob that Satan had used to run Paul, Silas, and Timothy out of Thessalonica. More than likely he used a similar mob to keep them from going back to Thessalonica. Scholars also tell us, as we understand the context of Acts chapter 17, it could also have been part of the reason why they were hindered, why Satan hindered them, was through the security bond that Jason posted there in Thessalonica, which in essence guaranteed that Paul, Silas, and Timothy would not return and continue preaching and teaching Jesus as they had, which is what caused them to be run out of Thessalonica. Jason would no longer house them or help them in order to do that. 
what we know is Satan uses people and circumstances today to try to hinder us. He uses people and circumstances today in his work against us, in his work of trying to hinder us from growing in our faith in Jesus, from being effective witnesses for Jesus. And so we see Paul was hindered by Satan from returning to Thessalonica as he shares in this passage, but that did not stop God from using Paul in Thessalonica. You see, God is able to take what Satan means for evil and God is able to use it for good because he's our sovereign, almighty King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And so we see here in this passage, we see it at work in our lives as well. When Satan comes against us, we know and understand what Satan means for evil for, evil for us and against us uh, and to us. God is able to take and use for good for us because he's our sovereign God. He knows us and loves us. And so we see good not only in our lives, but we see good here in this passage. How do we know that God used Paul for good with these believers? Well, there's ample evidence. Let me just give you a few evidence, few pieces of evidence of how God used Paul in Thessalonica. Even though Satan hindered him from returning personally face to face to these believers, we know, number one, Paul sent Timothy back to Thessalonica. Timothy went to Thessalonica. Timothy ministered in Thessalonica. Timothy blessed the believers in Thessalonica. Timothy brought a report back from Paul uh, about the believers in Thessalonica. We know, secondly, Paul wrote this letter to the believers in Thessalonica. That's certainly a good piece of evidence. Part of the reason he wrote this letter was because of the report Timothy brought back from Thessalonica about the believers there. Paul then sat down and penned this letter to the believers in Thessalonica. The believers in Thessalonica received this letter. They were blessed by this letter. They were encouraged by this letter. They continued to grow in their faith in Christ Jesus as a result of the truth of God in this letter. A third point of evidence for God using Paul for good in Thessalonica is we're reading this letter today, this morning. Believers throughout the ages, including us, have continued to be blessed, instructed, and encouraged by God's words through Paul to these believers in Thessalonica. A fourth piece of evidence is the church in Thessalonica continued to thrive in ministry. God was at work in these believers, and no matter how hard uh, others tried to shut the work down, it wasn't going to happen. A fifth piece of evidence this morning we know is the church of Jesus Christ continues to thrive in ministry today. We're continuing to preach and teach Jesus Christ, crucified, risen, and exalted. And so we see the amazing power of God at work in this context. And we see that same power at work in our lives today as followers of Jesus Christ, as witnesses for Christ Jesus. And so let me just give you a word of encouragement. Maybe this is for you. It's certainly going to be for you and for others that God places around you this week. If you are coming up against the opposition and the spiritual warfare that happens to each of us as followers of Jesus Christ, if you're coming up against the enemy and if he's trying to use people and circumstances in his battle against you and his work against you, and you've come this morning discouraged or frustrated or fearful because of all that's happening to you, be encouraged, be blessed, understand and realize greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. And you are a victor and overcomer and more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. And whatever it is that is coming against you, whatever it is the enemy is using against you, understand and realize God's with you. And he's going to use that for his good 
at work in your life, which you will see, experience, and be blessed by as you continue to walk out your faith and trust in Christ Jesus. It may not happen today. It may not happen this week. It may not even happen this month or this year, but our Father God will give you everything you need to continue walking by faith in him in the midst of the challenges that are before you. And so we see Paul was encouraging these believers because of their absence from these believers. The fourth point that Paul makes is Paul looked with hope to the future. He looked with hope to the future. Look what he said in verse 18, uh, verse 19 and 20. For who is our hope or joy or crown of boasting in the presence of our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. So we see life was difficult for Paul. But Paul was not discouraged. Paul was not defeated. Paul looked to the future. And Paul's hope in the future fueled Paul's faith in the present. Understand and know Paul's hope in the future fueled Paul's faith in the present. Paul said, as I look to the second coming of Jesus, as I look to the future and the coming of Jesus, I am filled with hope and I am filled with joy because of the believers in Thessalonica. He said, I'm filled with hope and joy. So let's look at what he said. He said, for who is our hope? Hope biblically means confident expectancy. Hope biblically means the desire for future good with the certainty of obtaining it. Hope biblically is not if this will happen, it's this will happen. Hope from a world's perspective, is the desire for some future good without any certainty of it happening, which ultimately leads to discouragement, despair, and hopelessness. So as followers of Jesus Christ, our hope of future good and blessings from God is based upon God's Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Our hope of future good, our hope of blessings from God today, tomorrow, and throughout all eternity is built upon, it's based upon... God's Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. I love what one Bible scholar said. He said this in regards to biblical hope. He said, biblical hope is not finger crossing, but it's alive and certain because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Life without Christ is a hopeless end, whereas life with Christ is an endless hope. Isn't that good? You see, the resurrection of Jesus Christ gives us hope today and for all eternity. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because he overcame, we can overcome. We know greater is he who's in us than he who is in this world. And so Paul said, who is our hope? This hope, this confident expectancy. Paul said, who is our hope or joy? Joy, biblically, we know is that deep-seated gladness that we have in our lives because of our relationship with God through faith in Jesus. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit that the Holy Spirit produces in us as we walk out our faith in God by our obedience to God and the power of God day by day. This joy comes and stays with us because it's based upon Jesus Christ. And Jesus never leaves us, fails us, forgets us, or forsakes us. And so Paul says, for who is our hope or joy or crown? Now he says crown, crown of boasting in the presence of the Lord. For who is our crown? The crown that he's talking about here The crown was a wreath that was 
awarded to victorious athletes in Paul's day. Athletes would train and discipline themselves and compete in the Olympic Games, all to receive a perishable wreath, a crown that simply would not last. And Paul is saying, as I look forward to the future, as I look forward to the coming of Jesus, my hope and my joy and my crown of boasting in the Lord is the believers in Thessalonica. He says the believers in Thessalonica are, they are my crown, they are my wreath, they are my reward. You see, an athlete's focusing goal is on winning the wreath, winning the competition. And we know and understand Paul's focus and goal was on winning people to Jesus Christ. Paul's focus and goal was on helping folks come to know Jesus Christ and helping them grow in their faith in Christ Jesus. And as Paul looked to the future, as Paul looked to eternity, as Paul looked to the coming of Jesus Christ, Paul understood anew when he's in glory throughout eternity, he's going to look around and he's going to see the believers In Thessalonica. She says, that's, that's my crown. That's my wreath. That's my reward. Paul summarized this beautifully. Colossians chapter 1, this, this passage is amazing. Paul said this, we proclaim him, Christ Jesus, warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Paul said, I labor for this, striving with his strength, which works powerfully in me. You see, Paul was going to heaven and he wanted to take as many people with him as possible. Which is why he preached the word in season and out of season, when it was convenient, when it was not, when it was popular, when it was not. Paul rejoiced at the thought of the coming of Jesus, of eternity. Paul rejoiced in the faith of the Thessalonian believers. Paul rejoiced in the hope of heaven with the Thessalonian believers. Paul endured the present as he looked to the future, because as Paul looked to the future, he knew the best is yet to come. God wants our focus and goal to be on helping others come to faith in Jesus and helping others grow in their faith in Jesus. You see, when we focus and purpose on helping others come to know Jesus and grow in Jesus, we are filled with hope and joy that will last throughout eternity. You see, we endure the present as we look to the future, as we look to the future day by day. We know the best is yet 
to come. Paul wanted these believers in Thessalonica to understand they were absent from them, but they had not been forgotten by them. Almighty God wants us to understand this morning. He is never absent from us. And we are never forgotten by him. He is with us always to the end of the age. He empowers us by the strength of his son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. His power works in us, enabling us to help others come to know Jesus and grow in their faith in Jesus. Listen, Paul knew this. Silas and Timothy knew this as well. We know this today. Time is short. Eternity is at stake and people need Jesus. Let's renew our commitment this morning to telling others about Jesus. Let's renew our commitment to pray for others to believe in Jesus. Let's renew our commitment to pray for others to receive Jesus by faith. Let's renew our commitment to help others grow in their faith in Jesus. And let's be sure that we're sure that we're sure that as we look in the present and as we keep our eyes on the future, we rejoice at the reality of our future. We rejoice in the blessings that God has given to us here present time, these blessings that will last throughout eternity with us. Let's rejoice in the blessings that God has given to us, which includes one another, our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. God desires to use us in mighty ways, just as he used Paul, Silas, and Timothy, and these believers in Thessalonica, it's our opportunity, it's our time, it's our turn to say yes to him and surrender ourselves to him again this morning. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our worship team is gonna come and lead in this time of invitation. I'll...